Before we record an episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we always listen to the song before we start so we can get our minds on. Yeah, we, we sort of catch the vibe, we feel the song, and then we enlighten you with our musings and understandings of the songs. This time, when we listen to Against All Odds by Phil Collins... It was nearly a spiritual experience, at least a music spiritual experience. Phil Collins means a lot to me. And this listen that we just went through brought everything back, poured in all these memories, all these feelings. And and that's the thing, yeah. Listening to early Phil Collins, uh, 80s Phil Collins, it's like an old friend just, just returning back and hanging out and you just remember all the fun, good times. 80s Phil Collins was a powerhouse. Yeah. His, his, his solo career and his stuff with Genesis, the man, I don't think he released a bad song in the 80s. We have with Against All Odds, the sort of beginning of peak Phil Collins. Yeah. Peak powers. So Against All Odds comes out, then Easy Lover comes out. Yeah. Then One More Night comes out. Yeah. Of course, One More Night is my all-time favorite Phil Collins song. One More Night, of course, song from the mega, mega selling No Jacket Required album. Yeah. But this song, Against All Odds, probably bigger in terms of the cultural conscience outside of In the Air Tonight. This is the song. Yeah. It's crazy to believe that this was a cast off from the Face Values um, album. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. So there is a demo you can hear of it, mm-hmm. and it's just Phil Collins playing piano. Against All Odds is a torch song. And by torch, it's a uh, very specific definition, which is a song where you're holding out a torch for your unrequited love or the person who's left you. Or if you're going to storm the castle that Frankenstein's monsters hold up in. That's right. Okay, that's a different type of song. Okay. So I guess Against All Odds and Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. Torch torch song. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) So I learned that Torch song, I learned this from an episode of This American Life called Breakup. And it's actually the most popular episode of This American Life. Oh, okay. Features Starly Kine, who's a a one-of-a-kind podcaster. Sorry about that. (laughs) She's incredible. And it's about her breakup with her boyfriend. And she talks about how Against All Odds was the song they used to listen to together and how this song actually brought all these feelings out in her and so she reaches out to the only person she thinks who could understand how she feels phil collins that's right she interviews phil collins really yeah oh that's awesome it's so good and even when he's talking about the writing of this song he starts quoting himself (laughs) he says 
you know, I had children in this relationship. You can't just leave without a trace. And she's like, Phil Collins writes songs that are so awesome. He can't help but quote himself. That's fantastic. So I will be referring to things I learned from that episode. And Torch Song was one of the things that I learned that she's trying to write a song, a Torch Song. And then I realized that Against All Odds is the Torch Song. Yeah, it's the standard for Torch Songs. All right. Let's dive into this song. Yeah. We really don't have to go into Phil Collins too much, do we? But should we we talk about Face Value a little bit? Yeah. So Face Value is an album that comes out of Phil Collins sitting at home alone because his first wife left him. Yeah. For, he says, I mean, I read a bunch of Phil Collins biographies or autobiographies where he talked about his wife leaving him for the painter. He's very bitter. Yeah. I have to put this out there that she was quiet all along for like, let's see, it's 1979 when this happens, 30, 40, 40 years, maybe a little less than 40 years she was quiet about it. Yeah. He releases his autobiography a few years ago or 2016, I think. And she finally said, enough, enough. And so she put out like basically a libel thing, I think, against him. Yeah. Saying he has the information wrong about them. And she also called into question his... Oh, that was his personal hygiene. No, no, that was the other one. (laughs) That was the other one. Oh, sorry. (laughs) This one is... uh, She basically called out the adultery thing. And so it sounds a bit more muddled. And so I don't want to get into the gossip of the things, but the framing of the story is this is a guy whose wife has left him and he's writing these songs about his heart being broken and his kids being gone and all these sorts of things. Yeah. So we'll just go with that as the frame. What actually happened most likely is a little messier. Yeah. We're not in the business of judgment here at Bill and Frank's Guilt Free Pleasures. This is a judge-free, irony-free zone. Yeah. I must say that sometimes I come in with a bit of a smirk when I talk about music, but as soon as I heard this song, it all went away. Yeah. You know, I just brought everything back. I love this song. And like we mentioned, it was initially uh, written during the uh, the face value uh, sessions, but didn't make it onto the album. Which is strange to me because I think this is better than a lot of the songs on there. It's a good album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is a... Great song, but maybe it's it still had work to be done. It didn't have lyrics, and I think against all odds, yeah, it does make a difference having that punch there. Yeah, so it doesn't make the album, but then the director of the movie Against All Odds, uh, Tyler Hackford, comes to him, and he, Tyler Hackford had just done uh, An Officer and a Gentleman, right? Yeah. So successful director comes to Phil and says. I want a song for the movie. And Phil is like, well, I got this song here. It's basically written. So what do you think? Right. And he ends up adding the lyrics to it. So this isn't dissimilar from the Roxette story. Yes. Where Roxette was busy touring. So they just gave an old song. Yeah. Phil Collins also busy, but he says, I have this song. Yeah. And so he ends up rejigging the words a bit, or at least adding words to the song. I think the original title was something like Have a Seat and Listen to Me or something like that, or Sit Here. It was um, How Can You Sit There? Yeah, I think those words don't work as well no. as what we ended up with. Yeah. So this song is a massive hit, goes to number one in the US, gets replaced by We Are the World. 
Oh, does it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's. I think that's it. It's amongst that era. So, yeah. And it's in the year, of course, of the most important songs of the year for the Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. The 1984. Insane. Then this is part of our series on it as well. And so, this was um, in the same year as Ghostbusters, Let's Hear It for the Boy, Footloose, and I Just Called to Say I Love You. All right. So, we got the songs released. It's on the movie Against All Odds. I am the only one here who's seen Against All Odds, and it was a tough watch. I watched it late at night last year, and I I barely could get through it. I didn't really know what was going on, and despite there being all these great actors in it, yeah, it really felt like it was of the 80s in a sense that it's like, it might have passed the mustard then. Do you pass the mustard? Is that- well, yeah. How else do you get it to the other people at the table? <laughs> okay. But now it wouldn't even pass the ketchup, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Nice. I have a friend who said, I don't like the song because the movie that it's attached to is so bad and it just ruined the song for me. Yeah. So uh, my my buddy Dave, he also does not like the movie. You told him everything, didn't you? Didn't you? You've become everything I'm about. Don't you understand that? Jake, I love him. You don't think I need to be cared for too? You want to gamble with me, Terry? So Phil gets asked to do the song on the soundtrack. And and in retrospect, he gave an interview. And, and the quote that he has was basically like saying, here's $10 million. Would you want it? It's like, I'd already written the lyrics before I saw the film. When I think about the movie, the first thing that comes to mind is the size of Rachel Ward's breasts. I thought they were fantastic. I like Jeff Bridges, too. That's his comment about the movie. <laughs> you know, I I grew up my whole life idolizing Phil Collins. Despite his stature, he was a giant in my mind. Yeah. He's, and this comment, I'm going to assume it's got to be from the late 2000s when he hit that rough patch. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. just, this is, I'm just hoping. <laughs> come on, it's Phil. Like... Phil. Yeah, there's moments where some Phil quotes, I'm like, oh, man, come on, Phil. Yeah. I don't know if I can hang out with you anymore. Yeah, stop talking about the Alamo. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I do plan on featuring Phil Collins 18 more times in our podcast before we're finally uh, kicked off the air by our <laughs> family. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, there's some tough times there, Phil. That's, yeah. a tough, that's a tough one. Well, now that we know what Phil Collins really thinks of the movie, let's... Do a deep dive into these lyrics. I have another quote here from This American Life. He has this to say to Starley Kine when she talks about all these sort of sappy lyrics she knows in these songs, but why are they so powerful? And he's talking about his own lyrics here. He says, They may look corny on the page, but what's important is the way that it is sung. You're, you're sitting down here, Frank? Yeah. Otherwise, you, and I mean no disrespect, you get in Michael Bolton territory. Calm down. <laughs> it's something that gets overblown and polished. Calm down, Phil. As opposed to a simple idea that is simply sung with conviction. So we have him speaking about Rachel Ward's chest. And now we have attacking Michael Bolton. Phil, this is a tough day. All right. I don't like this song anymore. I don't like <laughs> Phil Collins. 
You are attacking the patron saint of our podcast. I know. I just, full disclosure, we put it out there. Now, there is something to be said for the corniness and a sense of the lyrics. Although I'm going to skip right to categories. Can Michael Bolton sing this? Yes. And he'll sing it better, Phil. But the production will be even more top notch. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's take a look at these lyrics and see if they're corny or not. I never thought of them as corny, but Phil says so. Well, I I read another quote that he said, because he was so prolific in the 80s, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he took a lot of flack in the 90s for like writing these corny schmaltzy songs or being like being overplayed and everything. He, his comment about that, which which I think is great, is just like, hey, I just write and sing these songs. Like I'm not the one playing them constantly. It's like yeah. if they weren't good, they wouldn't get played. Yeah. I and mean, he is a victim of his own popularity. Yeah. Like the 80s was so kind to him because he had this everyman feel he was a hard yes. worker yeah he wrote these songs that fit the time just perfectly yeah he came on the scene when people were pushing boundaries in terms of what gender was supposed to look like yeah you had new wave music and all this sort of thing and he's coming in there kind of accessing this new sort of way of doing music but also being a permanent dad yes he was the world's pop dad yeah and so it was just like a safe place to be. He has such a lovely voice. Like, it makes me so calm hearing it. And he writes a great pop song. Yeah. He really yeah. does. So corny or not, what the heck? It's a pop song. Yeah. So here we go. Verse one. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath with you. Ooh, ooh. You're the only one. Who really knew me at all? I apologize for the ooh ooh. That <laughs> sounded like it was like it was doo doo. Yeah. That's uh, not what I meant. I I apologize to you, Frank, and I apologize to Phil and to our listening audience. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath. Okay, you want me to read verse two too? <laughs> Do you have anything to say about that, Frank? No, um, not. I mean, the the lyrics themselves aren't anything special, and like it, it's not. There's no like massive metaphors in here or anything like that. But it, the way that he sings it is just like it. It, it is reserved. It is quiet. It's earnest it's earnest yes and so his earnestness makes anything that seems corny poignant how can you just walk away from me when all i can do is watch you leave that's a pretty good line it's a powerful line just like yeah how can you walk away when like i am completely powerless that's all i can do is just sit here and watch it happen because we've shared the laughter and the pain and even shared the tears and this is the gut punch you're the only one who really knew me at all. <sighs> yeah. How can you just walk away from me when all I can do is watch you leave? Because we shared the laughter and the pain and even shared the tears. You're the only one who really knew me 
the thing with this song is it makes you, if this makes sense, it makes you want to be heartbroken so it, you can no, feel it. No, it does. Yeah. He he paints such a beautiful picture of it, like a, a beautiful heart-wrenching picture, but you still want to experience it for some reason. So when we were kids, it's almost like you'd be looking forward to this feeling so that yeah. you could dwell or, or, or sit in it. You can have a piece of Phil's life. Yeah. And that he understood what real feeling was. It does yeah. tap into this horrific pain. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, oh, who wants that? Yeah. Not me. Not again. So the chorus, so take a look at me now. Well, there's just an empty space and there's nothing left here to remind me, just the memory of your face. Well, take a look at me now. There's just an empty space and you coming back to me is against the odds and that's what I've got to face. So take a look at me now There's just an empty space There's nothing left here to remind me Just the memory of your face Who oh, take a look at me now There's just an empty space And you coming back The chorus is a person sort of sitting there. He's saying to take a look at him, but then he's also kind of recognizing that she's not coming back to him. So, yeah. is he speaking to an imaginary person? Is he imagining talking to her or is he actually talking to her? I think he's screaming out to the heavens. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Or just it. whispering quietly to his pillow. Screaming to his Screaming pillow. Screaming to his pillow. Yeah. So, this song... Is so patient. I don't think you get these songs anymore where you have verse one followed by verse two, yeah. then chorus. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how long we are into the song, but it's not until this point that we get the drum fill. And I mean, yeah. P-H-I-L. Yeah. <laughs> the classic Phil Collins uh, drum sound too. There's a version of this from the Live Aid show, but it's missing the drums. He's just on the piano. Like, I can't do this. Without the drums, this doesn't have the power. Yeah. And he's such a great drummer because that unique Phil Collins drum sound, we talked about this in the Easy Lover episode, Yeah. but I put it in as a special Easter egg at the end of the episode. But now I'm going to put it in here. You're going to put it in yeah. here? Yeah. During the Peter Gabriel self-titled album. Now, of course, Peter Gabriel self-titled his first like three or four albums, but yeah. it's the one with the melting face. Yeah, yeah. During the Intruder song which was like the opening song to the album. Phil Collins was drumming for it. And he ended up having this overhead mic. This is in the Tom Bryhan article as well. Yeah. But there's an overhead mic there. And while he was recording his drums, they accidentally left it on and they heard something there. And there was something about the tone that was special. Yeah, it's it's really full. Yeah. Right? It just feels like, well, that's what full means. It just fills everything up. I don't even know how to get it. I wish I, there was a time when I had the words for it. But when you hear it, you know it's Phil Collins. And once he got that, the producer was Hugh Padgham. No, the engineer is Hugh Padgham. I think I'm pronouncing this right. The producer is Steve Lillywhite. And they, of course, show up throughout the rest of Phil's career. Yeah. They knew they had something there. So they made sure that the drum sound was replicated from then on in. They're able to yeah. get it. And so 
this drum sound is what we hear after that chorus, yeah. and it just picks up the song. I wish I could just make turn around. I'm going to say that, like, other than In the Air Tonight, this is his most important drum fill. Most definitely. And at least that verse three, which is bridgy. Yes. I wish I could make you turn around. Turn around and see and, me cry. And that's when you get the, the harmony in with yeah. it too, which is because up until then, it's it's very stark and it's very lonely. But then you have this chorus of loneliness that's yeah. coming along with it. Yeah. And it is the, the drums that are filling the space yeah. is actually all the voices in Phil Collins' yeah. head. Yeah. Okay. It's like a last stand at the Alamo. <laughs> If only they just hid out in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Was that in Pee Wee Herman's figure? Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Uh, for those who didn't listen to our Easy Lover episode, I don't know if we talked about Phil Collins' obsession no. with the Alamo. I, I think we mentioned it just briefly in passing, but yeah. uh, but he has... Uh, Borderline unhealthy. Uh, he has, he has, a, uh, he has a, a lot of information about the Alamo. He's... I won't say necessarily obsessed but he's a self-taught scholar on it yeah and in in many ways he is he has tons of artifacts Mm -hmm. he also at one time believed he was a reincarnation of someone from the alamo yeah i read that as well yeah and i i don't want to talk about it because i'm holding out a torch that we could be friends with phil collins and he would come here and i could talk to him about how much i like all his music yeah We'd be like best friends. Yeah. I like, well, you and I are, you know, we're close. So he'd yeah. be, he'd be like, not like, like how you are to me, but he'd be just like second tier. He'd be like a second tier Frank. You're starting a separate podcast with Phil Collins, aren't you? Yeah, but you're kicking me off of the no, podcast. No. We'll still do this one occasionally. And then there's no way it'll be as popular. And you could come on our podcast because it's going to be called Bill and Phil's Guilt Free Pleasures. Bill and Phil's Guilt Free Pleasures. <laughs> That's fantastic. Did I get that out right? Bill and Phil's. Bill and Phil's, yeah. I like that your name's still the first on the marquee here. Yeah. Well, you know, I put my name first because of alphabetical stuff, right? It wasn't, it was nothing about. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. So um, we head into that verse three, which is Bridgie, right? And then it comes back to chorus and chorus to the end. Yes. But holy cow, by the end, it's just crescendoing. Mm-hmm. Even though it's such a sad song, it actually feels oddly uplifting as it keeps going, even though it's super depressing. Mm-hmm. You almost think that he's going to win her back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because th- there's so much emotion there. And it's similar to the uh, the Roxette song that we just recently did. It's a little bit, I won't say formulaic, but it's it's reserved, it's reserved, it's reserved. And then that last chorus. And that's when you stand up and that's when you just, like you're wrecking your voice, singing with so much emotion and so much power. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't say that better. Yeah. That's why and, you said it. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we said this before, Phil Collins, he's not a man of great stature in the sense that he's not a big guy, but holy cow, is he powerful when he sings? So powerful. Now take a look at me now. What's your favorite 
part of the song? I'm sure we've gone over it, but what would you say just to state it? What's what's the part that you like the most? Oh, it's it's easily that uh, that last chorus. Yeah. Okay, I have that too because drum fill was high, mm-hmm. but it's that last part of the chorus, but especially the part when he says, "But to wait for you is all I can do." And that's what I've got to face. And then immediately, even though on my lyric sheet, there's a space. Yeah. <laughs> and I always think, oh, he's going to be a space. No, he jumps right to that chorus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, take a look at me now. It yeah. just brings it all together. But I, I really also like in the in the uh, third verse, there's the, when, when he comes in with the harmonies. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I really do like that. It, it's, I wish I could just make you turn around. Turn around and see me cry, and and it comes in. It it's a little bit. It's it's. I won't say it's subtle, but compared to the the chorus, it, it's very subtle. Yeah. But but it just it sort of validates his his sadness because he has that support with a. I, I think he's just doing his own harmonizing there in, in the vocal tracks. I think I'm not sure. Yeah. But it just makes him seem just like he's validated and he has support in his sadness. As you're talking about him doing his own backing vocals, had me think about him as a songwriter. And unlike a lot of other songwriters, he writes both the music and the lyrics himself. It's almost always, at least for the Phil Collins albums, Phil Collins writes those songs. That's it. Yeah. And often, they're demos that end up becoming the song. So he'll do a lot of the, a lot of it. So I want to take a look at the personnel, actually, for this song. There's no information we can find about who else is playing on this song, which interests me. I like to think that it was all Phil. He's done this before. Yeah. I mean, he certainly did it with his Both Sides album, where it's just all him. Mm-hmm. The producer of this was Arif Martin, who produced a ton of songs, notably Boy Meets Girls, Waiting for a Star oh, yeah, to Fall. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's not a usual producer, actually, because usually Phil Collins has this Hugh Padgum as the producer, or yeah. Phil Collins. Yeah. So it is interesting that it's not Phil, although this sounds totally like a typical Phil Collins song. So yes. I wonder how much Arif actually, Arif? Arif? Arif sure. had to do with this. I wish I could just make it turn around. There are several covers of this song. By several, I mean tons. Yes, we got to talk about these. Yeah, there. I, I listened to a listened to a bunch of them, and some better than others. Yeah. All right. We we got to talk Mariah Carey first. Yeah. Okay. So the Mariah Carey solo version of this one, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I I I hadn't heard it before, so I, I listened to it, and it kind of expecting something a little bigger than what it was but she did a really good job i thought of of uh keeping it quiet and keeping it um uh, like sad and mournful she did it as much as she could yeah but when it came to the end i felt like she just couldn't help but go full mariah yeah and and that's that's where the the obviously phil collins is like he sings with a ton of power and everything He redlines, but he doesn't go beyond redline. He yeah. doesn't explode the 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 mixing board. Yeah. Now Mariah Carey, when she did it with Westlife, oh my, that's a stinker version. It is. And that so, is not a good version. My notes has very uninspired. Yeah. <laughs> I 
hated it. I hate it so much that I can't even find words to attach to my anger yeah. when I heard it. And all I could think of was that it was like some karaoke version with a bunch of good-looking people who yep. are singing songs who will never understand what it's like to be Phil Collins. Yeah. Who looks like he could be broken up with. Does this sound as meaningful? <laughs> so I have... Let me read you my notes. <laughs> PC has a breakupable face. <laughs> and Mariah Carey does not. No. And neither does any of the boys in Westlife. Yeah. None of these people are going to be broken up with. They not- just aren't. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so they might be in loveless relationships with people who love them not for their heart. But Phil Collins is going to be in a relationship where someone loves them for... Well, at least his talent, but it's not going to be like, wow, he's so good looking. Yeah. Not that he's unattractive, but he's someone you could break up with. Yeah. And so he feels the pain and he understands what it's like to be us. Yeah. Mariah and Westlife will never understand what it's like to be me. Yeah. Or you. Or me. And and their version, it just, it had no soul. And that's it. And even the Mariah Carey, her solo version, had a bit of soul to it. Yep. But this had no soul. It was just empty. Here's a surprise, though. Yeah. Glee has a version of this that actually has life to it. Oh, okay. And Glee, I usually hate hearing Glee versions. Yeah. I hate the idea of it almost. There was that first Glee song that I kind of liked, Don't Stop Believing. Mm-hmm. But then I felt bad because they kept releasing more songs. And they did a version of Bust a Move that is so awful that it's just like, this is just so... I think saccharin might be the word. I don't even know what the word is. It's clean. It sucks. Yeah. But the Glee version of this actually worked. I didn't look up the video or what context it's in, but whoever was doing it, they pulled it off. Yeah. I wish I could just make you turn around. Turn around and see me cry. There's so much I need to say to you. So many reasons why. You're the only one who really knew me at all. Oh, so take a look at me now. There's so many other versions that don't pull this off. There was a version by a guy named Richie V that I think Phil Collins would have appreciated because it has this sort of Latin feel that Phil Collins always likes to Wait, go to. Are you to. talking like Richie Valens? Richie V. Richie Valens, yeah, Richie V. Valens starts with V. Okay, I'm going to play this for you. Oh, it's pretty good. I did not expect that. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath with you Because it's fast, but it's still sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah, it was really good. I'm just going to his uh, Spotify account here and just let me tell let, let me tell you the views. He only has 4,391 views. Okay. Make that 4,392 as of right now. <laughs> but it's good. And yeah. I feel like Phil Collins would be behind that. So when did he release this? He released it. He released that song this year. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Actually, he released it last week. Or a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. it's not doing so bad <laughs> not after bad one all. week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really good. So, and there was another version by Norwegian who played it like in a flamenco style that also felt inspired. So yeah, much okay. of it is uninspired. And in a way, the song is so good that people should basically leave it alone, except for Richie V. Yeah. But don't just go to it as though it's it's not a song that works for divas because divas don't get treated the way Phil Collins thought he was treated by his first wife. Yeah. Divas yeah. just don't know this. But there is another really good version of this by the Postal Service. You're right. And I, I forgot about that. So the Postal Service is uh, the lead singer from um, Death Cab for Cutie. Death Cab for Cutie and and uh, oh, I forget the other dude. They capture this song so well, I found. Because it sounds like it's a demo, the way they put it together, right? Yeah. I mean, as it goes on, it's a little more produced, yeah. but it works. And it has the sparseness and it's different enough to work. Yes. I wish I could just make you turn around Turn around and see me cry There's so much I need to say to you So many reasons I guess first prize, Postal Service for Richie V. Richie V. I Welcome. like that. That's yeah. that's a really fun version. Like, yeah. I mean, fun version of a sad song. I know. <laughs> song's so sad, but sad songs say so much. Am I right? Thanks, Elton. There is a comfort in the misery of this song. Yeah. And Phil Collins even brings that up to Starly Kine in This American Life, where she says, do you think I'll ever get over my breakup? And he says, I think you're enjoying the feeling of being in it, and that's for you to work out. And then he says, not that I am one to judge in a sense. He didn't quite say it that way, but he says, I'm just gone through my their divorce. He was just going through a divorce while yeah. he was talking to her. Yeah. But the brutal part, of course, is we know the story is that he gave up alcohol, I think, somewhere around 2014 or whatever. Yeah. Got back together with his third wife. Yeah. The one that he just broken divorced. up with. Yeah. yeah. And then it just went south after a while. And they're still going through court battles. They just yeah. threw out a, a lawsuit she put against him for oh, okay. perjuring herself in court. Oh, okay. It was messy. So, Phil, uh, you got a place here at the Winchester. Yeah. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. But, you know, he, he's absolutely right, too, because I, I think we've been there before with breakups and everything. You want to feel better, but at the same time, you, you want to just remain in that sadness for yeah. some reason. Like, there is comfort in sadness. It, it, there's also a sense that you can learn something yeah. about being a human. Yeah. That you can't when you're a happy diva. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you're depressed or, or sad about something like that, it, it's a... Uh, because you're holding on to that feel, those feelings that you have still. 
And you don't want to let go because when you let go, then it's gone, then it's over. You're admitting that it's done and over. Yeah. So the sadness is all you have. Yeah. And it is interesting that when you get over something, it isn't like you wake up and decide. Yeah. It's like you kind of forgot it. Yeah. It's it's a slow burn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. We just might need to listen to the song again. <laughs> I think so. There's nothing left here to remind me Just a memory of your face Now take a look at me now All right. Well, this leads us to mixtapes. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Mine's pretty small. So uh, Phil gave one of the interviews that he gave. It's a song about what ifs. So I kind of Googled songs about what ifs. And that, that was that was a very, very short list. But it's a breakup song. So, I mean, there's, there's half the songs ever written are breakup songs. Um, so it, it's a breakup like about watching someone walk away watching someone leave every time you go away by paul young how am i supposed to live without you michael bolton and then i have a couple of newer songs white flag by dido and by newer i mean like you know 20 years yeah <laughs> yeah that's right and then one and it's so sad and it's just like over the top sad yeah. but at the same time it, it Makes like, you feel good. Is it anything from Requiem for a Dream? No. It's uh, Say Something by A Great Big World. I don't even know I know that song. It's sad. Oh, okay, thanks. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's mine. If You Leave Me Now, Chicago. Same. That almost made my yeah, list. Yeah. I know. I was waiting for you to say it. So I'm yeah. in the same vein here. These are Torch songs-ish. Yeah. I Have Nothing, Whitney Houston. Oh, good call. Yeah. If I could turn back time, share. <laughs> Did not expect that one. I bet you don't expect this one. Could have been Tiffany. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nope. Now, as far as other categories, we already you already said Michael Bolton could sing this song, and you said it in such a way that you were defending his honor. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, fair enough. But I, I honestly do think Michael Bolton could sing this song, and I would definitely listen to the version of it. I think he would Mariah Carey it a bit. And destroy the world in that in that last uh, course, but I mean, you're, we're it, here it, for it. Yeah, if you're that sad, I mean, what kind of world do you want to live in, anyways, right? So, but uh, but I I think I think he could do a good version of it. I just love that we have come up with a new verb to Mariah carry something, <laughs> and I will carry this one with me into the next episode. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other people who could do it. Because Phil Collins means so much to me, it really does. Like, it was like, he was my favorite. And yeah. if and I mean, I've had my frustrations with Phil Collins as I've grown older. Mm-hmm. And we saw him in concert, and it was tough. His last tour was a tough one. Yeah. I wanted it to be Phil Collins of the 80s. Yeah. But he's Phil Collins who's... Well, who's Phil gonna, Collins of 2018, I think. Yeah, it was, it? and I, you know, we get older and things are different. So yeah. he uh, means a lot to me. So I, I, I'm going to have to... Um, pull out of this category. Oh, okay. I can't do it. I can't let anyone else sing Phil Collins songs. Unless it were Peter Gabriel, I guess. At least I could have, because of my Genesis connection, yeah. I could feel conflicted. Yeah. Well, Hallmark movie, it's it's already a It's movie, already a movie. Right? So it's not... A, it's a Hallmark after yeah. dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about karaoke? Would you sing this song at karaoke? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would. I mean, it's tough because I think in the modern era of karaoke, you have to be good. Yeah. But I think I would sing it with such conviction that even in my lack of training... Because you're break-upable. I have a break-upable face. Yeah. <laughs> and I could do this. And I think I would summon within my diaphragm the vocals I need. Yeah. This would definitely play at a wedding easily yeah. later on, even though, of course, it's a sad song, but it's such a good song. Yeah. So this is a, this is a wedding song dance. It's also, a, it could be at any dance. And this yeah. is a great slow song. Even with the drum fill, you're still slow dancing to this. Yeah. It's a hand to hip song. It's a hand to hip song. Yeah. yeah. You're in the car. The song's playing. What part are you singing out loud? Oh, I'm that that last chorus. I'm yeah. belting that out at the yeah. at the at the top of yeah. my voice. Everyone has to be singing out loud to that. If you're not singing out loud to that, you need to check in yeah. and find out what's the matter. Yeah, I know that. I, I I know singing this song in the car before, and I referenced it earlier with that harmony section because I I know in the car before. I've I've saying the saying that verse like I wish I could just make you turn around, turn around and see me cry. Like I I hit that as hard as I can. I was driving today with Elijah. We're going for a hike, but yeah. I, I struggled with my driving because I was trying to drum while I was driving. <laughs> so I had to drum just when the when the road was free. Yeah, yeah. And I had to do slow drums, so I had to drum and then try to grab the wheel while my one hand was still trying to keep the beat. Yeah, it was yeah. it was tough. I just wanted to mention that during the Live Aid concert, Queen, of course, is what they talk about. It was in that movie. Yeah. You know, it was a triumphant performance. Yeah. But Phil Collins opened with Against All Odds on piano, missing the drums, mm-hmm. then got into a Concord, flew all the way across to Philadelphia from London in the same day, and then played In the Air Tonight on piano for everyone there oh seriously yeah. and that's the, crazy and he played on piano so of course it's missing the most important part but he turns to the audience and they do the drum thing oh okay <laughs> he also played drums with led zeppelin oh really day. jimmy page not a happy camper about it oh <laughs> but i give credit phil collins went across the world to to be in both cities on the same day to perform i like to believe that phil collins was on that concord alone like there's no one else on the flight <laughs> Well, you can watch. There's like a whole MTV thing where oh, they okay. film it. And so uh, I don't know what to do with that other than I just want to bring that up. Like yeah. he was he was so big. He would honestly rival um, like um, Prince or Michael Jackson or uh, Madonna of the time, right? Because it wasn't, like we said, it wasn't just his solo stuff. It was also Genesis. He was still cranking out hits with Genesis. He was a hit machine. Oh, Think absolutely. Easy Lover. With Phil Philip Bailey, mm-hmm. like just the stuff he did. He did other songs too, the Separate Lives from the White Knight soundtrack. Yeah, and um, one more thing: the Academy Awards performance was not done by Phil Collins. Oh, that's right too. It's so bad. <laughs> Phil had thoughts yeah. on that. Well, he did. He changed his tour so he could be there. Yeah, he offered to sing, but they, instead they had a dancer. Sing, but she lip sung her it. own yeah. thing, yeah. and it is not good. If anything, yeah. when she's saying it, it's like, mm, maybe this song's not that good. <laughs> so, 
Maybe that's why I didn't win. Maybe it was going to win, and then it was uh, just like, Dee, maybe not. To be fair, you should have made her lip sync to all those other songs. Yeah. Because it would decimate a Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, take a look at me now. Hey, it's all right. Against all odds still abides because hearts are broken every day. Thanks, Jewel. The song is so powerful, but it is really, really depressing. And and it is really sad. And you know what? I'm kind of sorry. Like, if you got depressed, you didn't necessarily like the episode because because of the subject matter. You know, we're we're sorry. And you know, you coming back to us might be against the odds, but that's just what we have to face. But please, please take a good look at us now. <laughs>